There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Lloyd Hopkins, founder and executive director of the Million Dollar Teacher Project, an organization that revolves around the principle that the most cost-effective and sustainable way to improve schools is to direct more resources and support directly to the teaching profession. Welcome, Lloyd. Thank you. That was a fantastic recap. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate that. Somebody did a, a great job of writing it down on your website, so all I needed to do was write it down and read it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to my web developer. Yes, for sure. Well, we'd love to, uh, to get started just by learning about your career path and how you ended up being the founder and executive director. Yeah, so um, I'm a – so I've worked in and around education for well over 18 years now. You know, um, I grew up West Side Phoenix in a um, single parent household. And early on, um, I really discovered kind of a sense in myself that I wanted to like impact the community. So when I graduated high school, my first thought was that I wanted to be a teacher, you know, because I kind of wanted to, I always wanted to be what I wish I would have had when I was a kid, you know, growing up poor and all those type of things and and I never really had a mentor and none of that stuff when I when I was young so I wanted to be that for other people so my first thought was I wanted to teach so after high school I got in um, and after working a few kind of odd jobs like working at JCPenney and Wendy's and different things of that I found myself working for the city of Glendale Parks and Recreation Department which I absolutely loved Um, because it put me in the community. It put me around kids. um, And, and I was, and and it really kind of sparked that excitement. So from the city of Glendale, working after school recreation programs, I started building relationships with schools uh, because I was a young guy. A lot of the kids liked to hang out with me. So that led the opportunity for me to get involved in the classroom. So I became a, a teaching assistant for a number of years in Alhambra Elementary School District. And so early on, I really, my early 20s, I really recognized that, you know, I, I enjoyed community work. I, I enjoyed doing things that impacted kids, and I wanted to do more of that. So that, 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 um, that passion or that pursuit led me to a few different organizations, um, as I mentioned, City of Glendale Park, um, Alhambra Elementary School District, uh, worked for communities and schools of Arizona, worked for the Maricopa County Education Services Agency, um, and I found myself going back to school. Um, I was a non-traditional student. I went back to school at, at the age of 30 to finish my degree because I had dropped out after high school to work you know, uh, and to, um, and to start making money. And I was blessed because with all those companies I worked with, I was always able to kind of work my way up to the top. So that had me in a position where I feel like I could prolong school. But, um, I had an executive director tell me that if I want her job, I'm gonna need my degree. And so with me being next in line, 
I was like, well, I'm not trying to leave any money on the table, so I need to go back to school. So I went to school, got my degree in nonprofit leadership and management. And once I got that degree, I wanted to put it to use. I, I felt that I was fortunate to be able to put, uh, get the work experience first and then get the degree to match it. So to put it in work, I really sat down and tried to figure out what I was the most passionate about, what spoke to me the most, and I was education and the teaching profession. And I wanted to figure out a way to impact the education system through our most valuable resource in that system, which is teachers. Because I do do fully believe the best way to improve schools and the most cost-effective strategy, as you mentioned, is through the teaching profession itself. So that led me to create a million-dollar teacher project. I love it. Lloyd, I love love that um the the summary of your career to that point but i love hearing your thoughts on why teaching like why focusing on the teacher as a part of education that you want to do you really want to impact yeah yeah i appreciate that question and part of that was you know from my experience working in and around schools i saw the plight of the teacher firsthand you know and sometimes they're dealing with some very challenging populations, some very challenging issues, and they're often under-resourced, underappreciated, undervalued, and underpaid. But they have all of this expectation, and they have um, all these things that we want out of them, and we treat the profession like it's a a second, like it's a a afterthought, when it should be the forethought uh, uh, on all of our minds. Because what I realized from my experience, especially working directly in schools, is how valuable the teacher is in a kid's life. You know, these kids, these teachers, especially for 10 months, about eight to 10 months out of a year, teachers spend more time with kids and with with our kids and with our students than a lot of times the mother, father, uncle, aunt, you know, whatever your family structure is. They're, they're spending more time with them. And, you know, the, the impact that a good teacher has at, at, on a student is exponential. And adversely, you know, a teacher that um, is, is, is unaffected can set a student back years in, the edu- in their education. Um, and so I just, I just I, I'm a self-proclaimed teacher fan, and I just really admire the work that they do. And where that really kind of developed was my work in the classroom. So being a teaching assistant for about five years, the key thing that I learned was that I'm not cut out to be a teacher, that that needs to be saved for people that are truly passionate about the process of educating a young mind. I didn't have the temperament. I didn't have the patience and I didn't have the passion for, for the classroom like that. You know, you need to, we need to reserve that space in the classroom for people that are truly passionate about seeing those light bulbs go off on kids' minds. And I respected the profession too much that I knew I wasn't cut out for it, and I needed to figure out another way to impact the, to impact the classroom without me having to teach. Um, and so that process as well led me to start a million-dollar teacher project because – I just honor the work, and I know that it's a, a cornerstone profession of society. I know that schools are incubators to, to, to equip kids for the future and what the world looks like. 
And if we really want those kids to be prepared, they have to be met and greeted by an engaged, amazing, skilled teacher every single day. And instead of complaining about it and and me recognizing that, especially in low-income schools, um, they're being hit the hardest, um, turnover is the greatest. So when when schools dysfunction, it's largely in neighborhoods of black and brown kids, underserved, um, um, low social, uh, low on the socioeconomic scale. And so what I wanted to do is be a part of making it where those schools are the destination, where people are excited to go and teach there. But you have to bolster the resources and the environment to make it more attractive. And all those things in a pot, man, let me just start a million-dollar teacher project. Excellent. Excellent. And I, I think you and I cut from the same cloth. I'm probably not the right guy to be actually doing the teaching. So it does take right. a very, very right. unique and, 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 and special person. So yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you founded the organization in around 2016. So you're going on two, three years now. And I'm curious, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned during this time? Whew, the biggest thing I learned is that starting a business is not easy. No matter what type of business you're doing, you know, it, it takes, it, it, it takes, it never goes as fast as you think it's going to go. Um, and you have to really be equipped for um, the roller coaster, you know, because you're going to run into roadblocks and you're going to run into obstacles and you got to be prepared for those. Um, and so the, second thing that I learned is if you are going to start a business, make sure you start something that you're passionate about, you know, because if you're doing God's work for lack of a better way to describe it, or you're doing what you're, what you're truly passionate about, it makes it a little bit more tolerable when those tough moments happen, you know, because starting any business is tough, but I look at them more as I look at it more as a puzzle piece, right? When I run into obstacles, it's like, okay, how do I overcome this? How do I, how do I improve in this area instead of just quitting? And I think when people start stuff and they wind up quitting, it's more than likely that they weren't really passionate about that idea, you know? And so the last thing that I learned is that the challenges that you, that you encounter, when you're launching something, especially through entrepreneurship, are all really things that are just there to test your commitment to that idea. Because we all have great ideas, and if all these things were easy, everybody would do it. But those challenges exist to test to test your commitment to the idea. When these challenges pop up, if you jump over them and keep going, you're on the right path. If the challenges pop up and you're like, I'm, I'm about to change and now I want to start a t-shirt company. You really weren't passionate about that idea. And I see it all the time. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Wonderful. There's a lot of good stuff there. And certainly I, I can tell it's, it's easy to tell that, 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 that you clearly are passionate about it. So how long has it been now? Has it been, Almost three years. Was I right at 2016? Yeah, we did. We launched October 2016. So we'll we'll be at our two-year mark, October 2018. So this October will really be two years. Great. Um, We just finished our first fiscal year. I've been building the model, 
or even take, taking it from the concept phase to actual implementation, I'd say roughly around four or five years from okay. from the from the infancy of this to this point, total manpower and energy committed to it has been about five years. Excellent. So, so Lloyd, uh, I, I was going to say, Lloyd, you you're right in the thick of uh, something that's super hot button, super topical, which is teacher education and how we're teaching, te- how we're treating teachers in our community. So I think just for some level setting, can you talk a little bit about like we talked high level what Million Dollar Teacher Project does, but what are you trying to accomplish and what are you striving for in the programming and the work that you do? Yeah, so um, so kind of high level, the mission of Million Dollar Teacher Project is to elevate the teaching profession by increasing compensation, support, and recognition of teachers. We develop grassroots, community-centered programming to impact those three areas. Those three areas are also subsequently the top three areas teachers cite as their reasons for leaving the profession. So if we're going to be effective in making the profession more attractive and driving more people into the classroom, we have to um, develop more kind of elevate those three areas, you know, how teachers are compensated, how teachers are supported, and how teachers are recognized. Um, big picture, what we're truly trying to do is to see a world where every student is taught by an amazing educator every single day. And our work revolves around taking innovative, creative processes in order to get there. Because I think it's possible but we have to think outside of the box and we have to do things that haven't been done before. And you also have to involve the community. You know, when you're, when you're we're in the, in the immediate, we're really trying to change the culture. You know, we're trying to change the culture of how the teaching profession views itself and how we view the teaching profession, especially here in North America and especially in Arizona, we're trying to change the culture. Um, and in order to do that, you have to create pathways for community involvement. It has to be easy, it has to be cost-effective, and it has to be realistic in order to get people involved in the conversation and the discussion. Um, so that's what our work is. And, and big picture, I, I, I believe a world, we can achieve a world where students do receive excellent education every single day. And, and it just takes deliberate, intentional strategy creating some cost-effective programming that can be scaled across the board in order to do it. I love it. So it makes all sense in the world to me to, to focus on the three areas where it's shown that teachers stop working in the profession because they don't get enough recognition compensation or they're not supported enough. So yeah. how do you, how do you measure that? I, I, I wish that we could wave a magic wand and improve all three areas tomorrow but how do you chip away yeah. at it? Yep, yep, and, and that's the thing. You know, when I started this, I had this audacious, audacious goal, you know, um, where, where, the, where it really all started with me looking at the professional athlete, the professional athletes and how they're paid and compensated, and I saw some astronomical multi-million dollar deal and it's like, we got to do something with teachers and get paid a million dollars. So that's where the name originally came from. But that's a big thing, right? And when I started sharing that with people, I would see eyes gloss on them. <laughs> Who is this crazy guy? So from there, I recognized, you know, 
like that, like the saying goes, the best way to eat a to eat an elephant is one one piece at a time. Right. I knew I had to kind of break it down into smaller, more digestible pieces in order to big in order to build up to this bigger thing that I'm trying to do. So, logically, kind of the easiest stuff that you can do is is, is first um, stuff around recognition. You know, um, those are some of the most cost-effective things you can do to rec- to recognize somebody. Um, one thing we do is called Take a Teacher to Lunch, where we partner with restaurants and the business community to go onto a school campus and just celebrate teachers over lunch. You know, it's a, it's a small, easy thing that doesn't cost a whole bunch of money, and it's, and it's an easy pathway for the community to be involved. So we really do a lot around teacher recognition right now. We'll take a teacher to lunch. We just launched a one-in-a-million uh, teacher, um, teacher feature series where we highlight a different teacher every month. We've really been building some strong partnerships, working with Mix 96.9 and the Matthew Blade Show and uh, Peter Piper Pizza to really do some cool things with teachers and for teachers. So our first step is turning, creating um, opportunities to turn teacher recognition into a year-round sustained effort. So we want to really create some programs that can be replicated and scaled in that arena. On the other side, we are working on support. Support is a little bit, a little bit uh, more work because we're trying to bring more support directly into the classroom. So there's a program we do called Classroom Support Teams. It's really volunteer intensive, but how the model works is that we um, surround a teacher with a team. The team has a tech integration specialist, student teacher, teaching assistant, and a parent engagement specialist. The idea. It's for them to work together collaboratively on classroom impact strategies that are data-driven, student-focused, in real time. Um, and we launched that in a, in, our, uh, a, in a pilot program in the Alhambra District this past school year to some great success. We're going to uh, re-up and bring it back again this year, making some tweaks to the program and really explore the cost structure because because bringing more support into the classroom, you know, nobody's going to argue with that, but you got to make it cost effective. It's ha- it has to be inexpensive or you have to have some strong revenue streams in order to support it. So this year it's all about exploring cost structures and unique ways that we can fund these, these type of approaches or staff them through partnerships. Um, and, and the big one that we're, still trying to build momentum towards and build capacities around compensation. You know, um, where our work revolves is looking at ways that we can meaningfully impact compensation that aren't tied to those traditional buckets of state funding, property taxes, tax tax credits. It's where's the innovation at? You know, where, where are the opportunities for creativity where we can generate, where we can create a program, create a service, or create an opportunity that will generate new revenue that can be injected into the um, academic space. So that's where our work right now resides in in, comp- in the compensation arena is, is really trying to um, hone in on a few key strategies that, that, again, could be scaled. Everything we do is about how can this be scaled? How can this grow? Because uh, that's the only way you can really change the game across the board. you got to have things that 
that can grow and be scaled. So one thing we did just launch on the compensation is the uh, In Teachers We Trust Fund. Uh, the goal of that fund is to um, is is to fund innovative is it, to fund innovations around teacher compensation. Uh, those dollars can also be used uh, in 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 events of work stoppages, like what happened with Red for Red and some of the school closures, and it, and it can also be used for uh, in classroom grants for teachers. Awesome stuff. And I, I was thinking before you mentioned the Alhambra School District, I was wondering how many teachers are in Arizona. And then I thought, okay, I have to imagine that you have certain districts that you're focused on or certain numbers of schools because otherwise you wouldn't be able to start eating the elephant. It would be too big probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This past year we worked with about um, 15 different districts and 12 different schools. Um, which was a lot. We impacted about 900 teachers uh, this, this this past year. And through, through that work with those 900 teachers, we also impacted 27,000 students, you know. Um, so we, so we're, our goal is to be a statewide program within the next two years, you know, within a, with, 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 um, by the time we're five years old, we would like to be statewide. Our current focus is Maricopa County and looking at how we can impact all 53 schools in Maricopa County and then growing out, out from there. So, again, that's why a lot of our focus is scalability, you know, and how these things can be replicated and building capacity in order to do so to go to all these other areas because it can't be a one-man show in order to do that. Right, you 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 said a number of fifty three. There's fifty three schools or districts. School district. Okay, in Maricopa 53 County. School districts. Got it. And I hate to put you on the spot. Do you know how many schools that is? Just. Whew. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't tell you a off lot. the top of my head, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. We have a, we have about a hundred and I think we have about a hundred and twenty five. Uh, would you say over a hundred school districts in the state of Arizona alone? Got it. So that's that's hundreds of schools and thousands of teachers in this state. Got it. Got it. Got it. If only there were something that has yet to be taxed that a lot of people like that we could make legal and then use the revenue for a program like this. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> for a. That's for another show, you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's another conversation, another day. But I, but I agree with you. <laughs> so, um, well, excellent. And I have to imagine that uh, that as technology continues to grow and social media is probably a platform that is helpful in your mission of helping to recognize and maybe even support. So hopefully those are yeah. able to use the powers of social media for good instead of evil. So. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, Lloyd, knowing that the whole world would hear it, what plea would you make? That if you truly care about students, you have to care about teachers. If you want students, if you if you want your student to have optimal optimal opportunity for success. And to have academic and to have the academic achievements that I think all parents want, you can't ignore the role of the teacher in that process. 
So if you care about students, we have to care about teachers. I love it, and I certainly know that to be true. So that is excellent. Well, where can people learn more about Million Dollar Teacher Project, and how can people get involved? Yep, so you can search us and find us online at milliondollarteacherproject.org. You can also find us on any social media platform at M as in million, D as in dollar, T as in teacher project. So it's just at MDT project. You can find us on just about any social media platform and reach out. We have plenty of volunteer opportunities. You know, we have, um, we're launching a thing this weekend called the Million Dollar Teacher Tree to get more supplies into the, uh, into classrooms. So we have plenty of volunteer opportunities. You can contact us through our website. We can contact, uh, contact us through uh, social media. Excellent. Well, Centauri, what have we forgotten to talk about? Answered all my questions. Not enough time with you, Lloyd, but thanks for sharing what you shared. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for this opportunity. And Lloyd, uh, yeah, and thank you so much. Is there anything else that, that you'd like to share that we haven't talked about? You know what? That, that's, that's it. You know, and that, um, I think one thing is that people, um, that I know a lot of people respect the work of nonprofits and know the need to get out in the community and do work, but it also takes financial resources to do this, you know, and then a lot of people say we support the work that you're doing and we love it, but we need, but nonprofits need those donations and financial support to do it more, to do it better, to, to impact more people. So, um, you know, so, these, these are still businesses, even though nonprofit is in, in the title. You know, these are still these are still businesses. A lot of them are social enterprises, and our product and the work that we're doing is just trying to impact society for the better. You know, so but we do need that support. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Lloyd, and thank you for yeah. listening. Uh, do check out the Million Dollar Teacher Product. Million Dollar Teacher Project org. Follow them on social media uh, and get involved with all those volunteer opportunities. Please do subscribe to the show and leave us a review. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.